0: The region in France called Burgundy is famous for its wines, it delights its visitors with Romanesque abbeys, its medieval villages, pastoral countryside. In many ways, it provides travelers with the quintessential French experience. We're joined now by two friends and fellow tour guides from Burgundy, Patrick Vidal and Julie Sanvo. Bonjour.
1: Bonjour. Bonjour.
0: How are you both doing? Très bien, très bien. Nice to have you here. Now, when we think about uh, Burgundy, I mentioned it's the quintessential image of France. That's the quintessential for, maybe for clichés from a tourist point of view. Within France, how do people see Burgundy? Julie?
1: Well, the word that always comes to mind for me in Burgundy is hearty. Hardy. Everything is hearty. The earth is hearty. The people are hearty. The food is hearty.
0: Burgundy, but, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah the... I always have to do that with my body to yeah, make that. <laughs> I, when I think of the
0: cuisine, I think <laughs> yeah. hearty cuisine.
1: Yeah.
2: Patrick? But for the rest of the French, Burgundy is a, it's a place to go through. You know, it's uh, it's halfway between Paris and the Alps or uh-huh. the south of France, and in fact, uh, Burgundy is the uh, the French champion of one night stop. Is that right? Yeah, all of all of northern Europe travel down to Italy, travel down to Spain, travel down to the French, Cote d'Azur. Uh, d'Azur, or the Alps, and stops in mm. Burgundy, in Bonn or in Dijon, because it's halfway. All right. And uh, and uh, there's a lot of speciality of that of uh, mm-hmm. of the hotels are, are doing one night stop, and people are just coming through and motorways, taking people down. Let's say that is your actual destination.
0: There is a pretty good connection now from Paris to Burgundy. Oh, it's, with, very, with it's very quick.
2: Yeah, it's very quick. The TGV is with a uh, is of an hours. Hour and something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. You know, it's very, very efficient. You know? Now, now, historically,
0: Burgundy is is actually was a, a power in the Middle Ages. What's the story about that?
2: Well, for 400 hundred years, from the mid 1300s to the mid 1400s, uh, the Duke of Burgundy, the first Duke of Burgundy, was one of the son of the King of France, and it, they became stronger during pretty much during the time of the Hundred Year War. And we we'll always think of the Hundred Year War as the Franco-English War, but it was much more complicated than that. And the Burgundians were in the middle of that. And at some point, Burgundy was stronger than France. It I was mean,
0: ruling lands all the way to the Netherlands. Absolutely, to, to, the f- Netherlands. to Flanders. To, Flanders uh, right. all the yeah, way
2: down to yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always uh, like to think that uh, if things have turned slightly differently, France would be called Burgundy. And we'll be traveling to Paris, thinking of uh, calling the region France. Isn't that and interesting? Uh, yeah. It's yeah.
0: like uh, Germany was united under Prussian rule, kind of, and it yes. shaped what yeah, Germany was. Yeah. And mm-hmm. France could have been united under Burgundy. Burgundia. Yeah, yeah Definitely. It, could have, it could have happened. Mm. Now, a thousand years ago, Burgundy was very important uh, in the monastic movement. When when Europe fell into the Dark Ages and there was all sorts of chaos and there was no order that Rome provided, sort of the, the way to replace that was this uh, European-wide movement of monasteries. And it started in Cluny, right?
1: Cluny in 910. Yes, they developed it and it became the biggest church in Christendom.
0: So there was, was
1: hundreds huge. hundreds of thousands of, of, of sub
0: and the head abbey abbey was there in Cluny. And to this day there's still a, a strong monastic feeling. I was Have you been to Teze? What is Teze?
1: Well, that's a different um community. Uh-huh. It's um
0: Kind of a modern, uh,
1: diverse. Yeah, it's a place where a lot of youth come and meditate, and it's non-denominational. They have what was started by a, a Protestant minister, I believe, and there's Catholic priests that are there. They when they say the service is the same in about seven different languages.
0: It's got the, the elegance and the um, mysticism a little bit, and the and the meditative, uh, meditative of yes. of Catholicism, but at the same time, it's celebrating ecumenism, and all the different Christian denominations are there. Right,
1: and a lot of silence. Meditation, yeah. prayer.
2: There's one part of the monastery we always forget about is that uh, thanks to the monastery, we've, we've got good wine in Burgundy. Let's talk about cuisine
0: because in Burgundy, you've got some quintessential French dishes, and they are, like Julie said, they're hearty. First of all, you've got the wine. Why is the wine of Burgundy Everything so famous?
2: Wine. I mean, the first development of that is that you've got monasteries around, so those guys have got—they're given land— They've got time to take care of the wine. They've got time to do experiments. So they've developed the wine. Look at Belgium. Look at a uh, lot of places around in, G- in Germany. I mean, the best beers you find ab- about are from abbeys. What was so the, the, uh, the,
0: the, the phrase in, um, in a monastery, work and prayer? Yeah. Well, the, that was sort of the thing. You'd, Absolutely. You'd work yeah. the field and you'd pray a lot. And they had the time, as you said. Yeah. I mean,
2: uh, local farmer had to sell their wine and to make money out of it or use the wine for their own mm-hmm. consumption. The monks had time to take care of it.
0: In France, there's a, something a lot of Americans misunderstand. Explain the, the focus on the actual grape as opposed to the actual village or valley.
2: The way, no, the way it works is, is different. I mean, in, in the States, you refer to wines by what grape comes uh-huh. into the making of the wine. In uh, Southern Europe, you refer to wine by where it's coming from. So it goes from regional to name of the village to name of the field.
0: So Burgundy could be different kinds of grape.
1: Burgundy is only one grape. What is that? Pinot Noir.
0: It's Pinot Noir. Okay.
1: Mostly, technically, um, there is um, Beaujolais uses a Gamay grape and that's administratively part of Burgundy, but they treat it as its own region.
0: And you were you so, mentioned but, hardy is the word for Burgundy. Would you characterize the wine as hardy or does Well, that... they
1: they say that it's a hardy wine. Um, I think Americans think a, more of a a full-bodied wine as being a Bordeaux with the merlots and the cabernets. I see.
0: Now, in some countries The economic arrangements are such that you have huge corporate wineries that own up most of the production. Does France have a policy that encourages big wineries or protects small family wineries, or is that an issue?
2: I think it's a practical thing. I mean, if you look at the different wine regions in France, wherever you make good money, you've got little makers. You're going to have little properties because they can survive on small estate. Wherever you got little amount of money coming through the sale of your wine, you'll have big cops and big properties. So you're saying the finer
0: wine is more likely to be made by smaller yeah,
2: wineries? That's, that's how it works. Champagne is a is a big thing on that. You don't have any big house, you got big houses of champagne, but you got a lot a lot of little makers. And and, and the, Burgundy is, bit, is a bit like that. As and
1: is well. like that too. Mm-hmm. They have small clo, small and, and villages and winemakers, but that also makes it more higher end because it's harder to get. There's not as much production Less of it.
0: production. And sometimes they'll hold down the production just to keep the value up. In the Right.
1: In, and then in, in, in Burgundy and in, in uh, Bone, you have the hospice of Bone that does their wine auction every year. And they've been doing that for 500 years. And um, that brings in a lot of money to the area, to the hospice. Um, it's always been based on um, being funded by the vineyards.
0: So if you're a traveler and you're coming to Burgundy and you love wine and you want to learn about French wine, uh, you can go to Bonne, and there's the Marche aux Vins, and there's different uh, wineries there that welcome guests. Yeah, and you can Do go to the countryside. Tasting. What's your favorite experience in the countryside, Patrick, for tasting wine?
2: Well, you got you got a lot of, of uh, I mean, the idea is to look for a little winemaker, a little place where it have got the the sign saying "Degustation," which is uh, uh-huh. which is my wine tasting. And um, then you just knock at the door and try to uh, try to see if you can. Make, so welcome you. Make if, your way. Oh yeah, time. So if cabin, you're driving yeah.
0: around the countryside in your rental car, the keyword degustation. Degustation and, uh, or biking. You walk
2: in, yeah, or biking. Bicycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a, could be an interesting thing going on a biking wine tasting <laughs> yeah. tour. Oh, it's better, it than better than driving. Yeah, better than driving. Better than driving. You're right. Our guides are Julie Sanvo. She's an American who left Kansas for a new life in Burgundy many years ago and Patrick Vidal, who piloted tourist barges in Burgundy before moving his family to Brittany in the northwest of France. He continues guiding American visitors to the regional specialties of his native country. We're exploring the region of Burgundy in the middle of east-central France right now on Travel with Rick Steves. And Daniel's calling from Washington, D.C. Daniel, thanks for the call.
3: Thanks a lot, Rick. I'm traveling to France in August uh, for 11 nights, and my question is this. So far, we're planning on flying into Nice and out of Paris, and we think we want to go to the Riviera, uh, French Riviera, Provence, Paris, and Normandy. And my question is, is there a way to customize our itinerary so we can go to a town such as Burgundy or Lake Burgundy with that same charm, kind of to break up our trip? And if so, where should we go, and would we take a train or car?
0: There's so much good stuff in the Riviera and in Provence. That's Avignon and Arles and Nîmes and so on, Rhone Valley. Okay, so between Avignon and Paris, uh, Patrick and Julie, what, what would be a fun way for Daniel to get that flavor of the countryside?
2: I think the, uh, the, the best stop would be to stop in Bonn anyway. in yeah, Burgundy. Uh, because you, it's easily reachable by train. Uh, it works pretty well. After that, you're a bit stuck. I mean, if you are by train, you're a bit stuck in the town. But there's a lot of uh, you can rent a bike and and go and see the uh, the vineyard. You can uh, they organize some some local tours as well. And there's do, many many, many bus tours. Right, tours.
0: they One, do great many many best wine best tours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daniel, are are you renting are you renting a car, Daniel? Did you mention?
3: Well, my thought was we would find in Nice, not get a car then, but rent a car for Provence. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a thought was we would rent a car and drive from Provence to Paris, stopping somewhere in between to break up the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if, if uh, just speaking with you, we want to stop in Burgundy, but I'm not sure if that's possible with our itinerary. And just to get a sense of, is it? And then also, uh, if not, what what town's... Could we
0: do? You know, everything is possible if you have a rental car with the French uh, auto route.
2: Well, you're, you're going to drive through Burgundy anyway. Yeah. So we'll so, uh, drive
1: through Burgundy, stop in Beaune overnight, but on the way to Paris, stop at Gédelon, the project where they're building the 13th century castle. This is definitely very unique. Now that's and it's interesting. a beautiful part of it. And you've actually
0: worked there, haven't you? Can you explain about this building a medieval castle project uh, just between Burgundy and Paris?
1: Well, it was kind of a crazy idea of a man named Michel Guillot who owned a castle already and always wondered, like all of us do, how do how did they build castles in the 13th century? And they thought the best way to do it was to experiment to try it. And so they got together this crazy idea of trying to build a castle. So they've been doing it for the last 15 years, and it's coming along quite nicely. So this is a private uh, initiative. It was a private— Just a uh, bunch of bunch Well, of they started out actually a, a nonprofit organization, uh-huh. but now it's privately owned. But it, it's a tourist attraction where you're watching people build a 13th century castle by hand. So we're as talking if it was like a, human-powered no,
0: hamster wheels and right, all that kind right, of stuff. Right, No rope, power tools. No right. power tools. No right. tools. Right.
1: Just one stone at a time.
0: When will it be finished, the castle?
1: Well, I don't do think they, it'll— Do they ever... expect to finish it? Or yeah, about 2025, 20, they think. But um, they've, they've also built a mill— Um, So you can go see that. So it's really
0: just a working industrial, a medieval industrial uh, complex. There you go. Wow.
1: It's really, really difficult to describe it, but everybody that sees it is just fascinated by it.
0: So, Daniel, this is called the Chateau de Guédelon. I think it's spelled G-U-E-D-E-L-O-N. Exactly. That's worth putting on your list. Have a good time, Daniel. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Bye now. And William's calling in from Little Falls in New Jersey. William, thanks for your call.
4: You bet. I'll be uh, floating down the canal from Gray to Branche and um, was looking for some places uh, uh, right off the river um, or nearby via taxi to go see.
0: Well, we just happen to have a barge captain in our studio right now. Wow, uh, um, Patrick, what would be some advice for a William on a barge?
2: Well, I must admit that the grey area—it's a grey area. <laughs> uh, it's it's an area when I've never worked up there. I mean, I, okay. I've worked more south between Dijon and Bonn and all okay. the other, uh, all the area more south. But uh, it's a lovely place. There's a lot of things to see around there.
0: And in general, you have the flexibility on a canal ride in France. To you're on these industrial age canals, you can. Are you get are out you William? Walk. Are you
2: renting a, a little barge, or are you on uh, on an organized trip? On the uh,
0: we're uh, uh, navigating our. On a small boat.
2: So you'll have you'll have all the all the flexibility to stop wherever you want to uh, to moor up whenever you want. That's very very easy and uh, very relaxing. Absolutely.
4: Do you have to be a talented? Feeding we'll down the river at about six miles <laughs> an hour.
2: Oh, six miles is a bit optimistic. Huh? Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, <laughs> don't plan on that kind of speed. That's That will be a bit fast for you.
0: <laughs> what would you plan on if you're looking at a map for your how, much, how many miles a day? How
2: many miles? That's all depends what you want to do. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can cruise all day long if you want and you can kind yeah. of cover ground, but uh, all the point is to stop everywhere. Yeah. I mean, don't even think of a taxi. Just look at the next village, stop, move up the boat and, and walk to this village d- through fields. And uh, I mean, the, the countryside up there is just mind blowing. Mm. Right. Discover discover,
1: discover, discover, discover. Okay. Yeah, right. Pat-
0: Patrick, describe for our, our listeners, I mean, because I can imagine hiring on to a tour on a, a big barge where you have a, a chef and you have organized uh, activities, but if you're a family of four and you just rent the actual private canal boat, what's that like?
2: Well, think of it as a, a floating RV. An you RV, know? It's yeah. an RV. It's a floating RV. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a simple... Kitchen corner, it's a little lounge, it's uh, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, depending on how, but very small, very small uh, accommodations. And then you pilot yourself. And, and, and you uh,
0: don't need to worry about
2: storms. No, you don't need to worry <laughs> about storms, no. I mean, what they do is that officially you're not allowed to drive them. But the, uh, the, the guy who's renting the boat to you gives you a little training, which is officially supposed to be three hours which end up being more three minutes or four minutes, than three hours. According to the f- fact that he gives you this training, you are allowed to drive this boat all, all around the place. Small engines, uh, very—it's nothing to worry about. It's very easy to do. <laughs> and all you have to think is uh, aim to the next lock and get into the lock. And, the
0: thing. <laughs> and then when right. you get, what's all it like coming to a lock? It's, it's very easy. Canal
2: float. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very relaxed. It's very easy. Entering the lock is just like you've got to take your time, and uh, your boat is not very fast anyway. <laughs> and you're going to bump from one side to the other one. So that's, and
1: that's if there's cool. a lock keeper, don't arrive at noon, because he'll be eating lunch, and uh, he'll be off would, until tw- 2 o'clock. And
2: one. But this would be <laughs> the problem, Absolutely. William, with
0: the American sort of aggressive uh, itinerary planning. You'd come to the lock, it's lunchtime, and the canal lock keeper is having his lunch, and he's not going to break from that. No. Nope. So the typical American might be all, come on, I've got an appointment. But the French people would go, hey, it's lunchtime, let's, yeah. let's right. join them. I'm so.
4: prepared to take a chill pill.
2: I think, I think if William has, has already planned to book on these boats there, he, he knows where he's going. I think I wouldn't worry about that too much. Yep. William, that sounds like so
0: much fun. Have you done
2: any canal barging before?
0: Um, we uh, went on the uh, Canal du Midi. And how was your experience there, William?
4: Um, the experience was wonderful, which is why we're doing it again uh, with people who actually took the trip um, uh, separately. So we have two uh, two couples um, on a small boat. Um, while I have the opportunity, let me ask you, though, um, we're all wine hounds, and um, it's my general opinion, please correct me if I'm wrong, that wine in the Côte d'Or, the Côte de Bonne, Côte de Mar, is just very, very expensive, and that real values are available in the Côte Chalonnaise. Um Do you have a, an opinion on that?
2: Well, I kind of agree with that. I mean, it's the, the, the wine which are not from the big names in, uh, in the Côte d'Or are, are always less expensive. But if you look around anywhere you are, you'll find some wines, even from the Côte d'Or, which are which are reasonable and, uh, and good values as well.
0: Especially yeah. if you're buying in a wine shop instead of in a restaurant and you yeah. drink it on your boat. Oh yeah, yeah, boat. if you
2: buy it in a wine shop or even a, no. a, a little grocery store or something right. like that. Right, I good, would go, go high ones, end yeah. in
0: a grocery store yeah, and, yeah. and drink it on the boat. Yeah. Hey, William, thanks for your call. Have, have you a bet. great trip. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Burgundy with Patrick Vidal and Julie Sanvo. I want to just cover the cuisine. Uh, Julie, when you think about Burgundian cuisine, a lot of times anywhere in France you see de Bourgogne on the on the menu. Is, is that a way to prepare it, or what does that mean to you?
1: Well, if you're preparing food in Burgundy, you're using wine. So you're going to have your boeuf bourguignon, which is um, your beef that's been uh, marinated for a long time, slow-cooked in Burgundy wine. Same with coq is the rooster that's been marinated in the wine. Um, And so almost everything includes the wine in it. So you're talking about
0: uh, this hearty, sort of rustic cuisine. Mm. When you're in Burgundy, what would you go for to have the sort of the quintessential meal in the quintessential corner of France?
1: Oh, well, I would start off with oeufs en murette, I have a hard time saying that, which is the sauce that you've used for your beef bourguignon uh-huh. and um, reduced down with some bacon and onions and poured over a poached egg with a piece of toast. Nice. And start off with that. And and then you, if you want more, you can go on with your coco vin or your bouffe bourguignon and uh, some chocolat for dessert.
0: Ah, Nice. And Patrick, I love escargot. What is escargot de bourgogne? Is there escargot bur- Burgundy style?
1: <laughs> yes, yes,
2: that's the, uh, escargot made Burgundy style. Because in fact, they're not coming from Burgundy originally; they're coming from Eastern Europe. It's uh, cooked in their in their shell, or cooked outside of the shell, but put back in the shell with the garlic and uh, and parsley butter, which is the most important part of it. I mean, forget about the snail; put your bread into the bread sauce. In the... So, the bread yeah. so, in the so the when
0: sauce. you when you have your plate of little tiny um, spots for yes, each shell, yes, six or twelve, yeah, has, has that. Snail been taken out and cooked and yeah, put back. Absolutely, in? yeah. I didn't yeah. know that.
2: Yeah, very often they use the same, the same, uh, the same shells, over shells over and over, 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 yes. and over They they wash it, they wash them, and uh, oh, and, and, use them again. and
0: they put them in there, and it's packed around this garlic and butter mix, and then but yes. the, it all melts out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and that's something you can just if you have your boat on the canal, you can just go into a shop and get these shells and these snails. Or oh,
1: they, you can find for, them already prepared. now. Yeah, prepared. Already prepared. Yeah. All yeah. you do is put, put them in the oven, heat them
0: up. TV dinner. Yeah, that's, easy. that's easy. <laughs> Bur- yeah. Burgundian style. Bur- Burgundian style. This is travel with Rick Steves. We are in. You're just enticing me to enjoy the culture of Burgundy, and I think I'll do it on a canal boat for yeah, a part yeah. of that vacation. That's, that's, a good one. that's So a good nice, one. Patrick, Julie. Merci bien. Merci. Merci,
2: Rick.
3: Rick
4: Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.